Hallo, 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 ho. All right, weird, but uh, we're in. We're in. Nonetheless, we're in. Welcome, everybody, to the Harland Highway. It is me, Harland, talking to you. And uh, uh, incredible show today. Uh, a lot going on. We have uh, we have uh, listener mailbag. This is where I actually read some of your emails that you send in to the Harland Highway. And uh, we have some great letters, some interesting letters, some probing letters, some angry letters. It's all here, and I will get to uh, get to those uh, later in the show. We also have uh, an interview with a uh, a uh, airline passenger a very hefty man who ran into some trouble uh, and actually got kicked off of an airplane. Uh, We've got him here for an interview. Um, And also, I'm going to tell you about, uh, there's been a rumor circulating about a new show that I'm on, a new TV show, and the rumors are true. I'll fill you in on what it is um, in just a few minutes. And also, uh, we have a special guest coming in the studio today. Summer's here, and it's romance and summer, and Samuel E. Quelk will be here reading his romantic letters here on the Harland Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You're causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, brah? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. Hey, everybody, you are rolling down the Harland Highway with me, your host, Harlan Williams. I, there was a thing in the paper yesterday about a man who was kicked off of an airplane, a domestic flight here in the old U.S. of A., because he was too heavy, apparently too fat. They refused to lift off with a man of his girth, Donnie Carter from Minnesota, and we have him here today. Donnie, what happened? Where were you going? And tell us what, how this played out. I was, uh, I was flying from Pittsburgh to Seattle, and uh, I boarded the plane, and uh, I was about to sit down. I had the, the middle seat in the, uh, in the row, and uh, the flight attendant and pilot came back and uh, said I couldn't fly. Now, are you going to... They, they physically pulled you off the plane? Yeah, they uh, they they physically helped me out of my chair. So you're already sitting. Well, I was kind of leaning on the uh, arm armrest. I was I was working my way into the chair. Okay. Did the armrest? I don't mean to be graphic, but it, did it get caught lost in one of your rolls, or did well, it no, go they, up into your? Okay, look, I don't need comments like that. No, I just, just. It sounds like you're a very large man. I'm looking at you right, here. Right. And I just, those those little armrests on those seats, I could see you leaning on it and it just being maybe absorbed right into your... No. Okay, no, look. They started going, ooh, look, he's got he's got food on his chest, which oh, which I God. didn't. And Well, what was on your chest? Well, I mean, I, I spilled food the day before, oh, but it God. washed off. It was just what the stain. Was it? 
was a little little barbecue sauce. Oh God! Well, it, I mean, I mean, I don't mean to, but you know, that's no, it's it's the other well, thing we're always. So you're about. covered in food, and you Co- go in, and you go to sit down, and you squish two uh, other passengers. Right. No, I asked, uh, you know, you know, I mean, I didn't. I gave them the the, the butt. I could have walked, turned, and walked face, you know, in front of them and walked in, but I, I gave them the butt as I walked. Oh God! So well, you're... That, that's better than you know the the frontal. So the, this pilot. I came hate back. to say it, but you're the front. Just it looks like the back. Your front is just as rounded as your back, okay. and I'm not. No, I'm. I'm just saying you're very. I'm big boned. I understand. Okay, so is there any legal recourse for you in in a situation well, like absolutely. this? Absolutely. I mean, look. You tell me uh, anybody. You know, you you can't fly the friendly skies at all because you know well, if, if you, unless you weigh a hundred and eighty pounds, apparently. Well, we certainly fly the flabby skies. All right. No, I, I, I didn't mean that, but you're just... You know, I hear that abuse all the time. I understand a big boned... It's I'm not a... bones, sir. It's. I, I'm sorry. We all have bones inside, now and bones just... don't grow fat. You're just pushing it. I'm not pushing it, but I'm sick and tired of people like you blaming your disorder... On society, you, your bones don't grow fat, your flesh does. Make bigger seats. I mean, look, look, how many times have you been on a flight and you said, I wish this seat was bigger, right? You know, you know what I've said? I said, I wish this fat guy wasn't sitting beside me, is what I've said. Guys like you, who come in with an ass growing out of the front, I mean... I'm sorry, sir. I, I don't know if I'm with you on this one. How can you say that? Are, are you, are you, what, if, what if I was in a wheelchair? Uh, would you say, hey, look, you're in a wheelchair, you can't get all, you can't fly in a plane? I don't know if they have wheelchairs with truck wheels on them, sir. I mean, I, <sighs> look, I'm not, I'm trying to be sensitive, but, I, you know, you're sitting here, and I still see some, st- there's a pad of butter right over your breast pocket there. Right, right, okay. Can you just, could you take that off? It's a little square of butter from a restaurant, sir. Oh, no, I mean, look, I, I must have fell on my lap. Well, I didn't see it. get it off. I mean, for God's sakes, how, how are people, and I'm trying to have some sympathy here for you, but how are people supposed to have sympathy when you're walking around slathered in gravy and squishing people and making ridiculous demands when all you really have to do, sir, is exercise and cut down on the Baskin-Robbins? Look, my eating disorder is not why I'm on this show. I'm here to to, to get my, my, my story out so people like me don't have to be afraid to fly. Well, I think the real story here is that, that fatties have to, you know, get their, can you not get your stomach stapled or welded shut or something? I, no. Why should I have to change when the planes and these chairs and these wafy little Paris Hilton girls can change? Sir, I, I don't want to point this out, but you're, it looks like the chair you're sitting in right now is the, the legs are bending. Can you just... You want, me, you want me to stand up? I think you better just stand up because I think you're about to crush that chair. Are you okay? Well, it takes me a minute to stand up. You, you can't even get up. Oh my god, you can't get up. Well, I might have to sit down. I'm a little lightheaded. You just. Some, looks like some. A little piece of meat just fell off your shirt. Oh. Uh, could you help me pick that up? Okay. Sir, I think we're done here. 
Uh, okay, uh, D Donnie Carter's here, ladies and gentlemen. Sir, I, I don't mean to, but you're just, you've got butter and meat all over the floor here. I think maybe you should just go, because I'm, for one, don't feel the sympathy. Well, if that's what you feel, then that's fine. I'll leave. Okay, thank you, thank you for coming in. Uh, do you know the cafeteria downstairs? Is it open now? The cafeteria is on the third floor. Right, and it's open? Yes, there's a freight elevator. You can... in the back. Okay. Well, thank you for doing what you did. Donnie Carter. Sorry about your chair. Going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the airlines over his obesity issues. I'm going to go and shower off or something. Watch your calories, people. Oh, and speaking of food, yes, I must confirm the rumors. Uh, people have been asking me, and uh, I kind of kept it under wraps, but uh, let, let's let the uh, cat out of the bag. Let's let the orange out of the crate. Uh, yes, I do a bunch of voices on the new Annoying Orange Show on Cartoon Network. Um, as you know, there's, or may not know, there's a, a crazy internet, uh, viral video called Annoying Orange, and it's a video about an orange with eyes and teeth, and it's annoying. It just talks to all the other fruits and gives them crap and causes trouble, and he's like, hey, hey, what you doing? What you doing? Hey, you want to go, what, what's going on? What's going on? Like, he's just like, ha, He's got an annoying laugh, an annoying voice. And I don't do the voice of the orange. That's done by the creator. But uh, they made this viral video into a show, a TV show that's on uh, Cartoon Network. It's called Annoying Orange. And I do about, I don't know, six or seven different characters on the show. I do the apple that gets killed every show. I do a couple of the bananas. I've done a squash. I've done a pickle. I've done a, I think I've done a pineapple. I mean, I'm losing track of all the different fruits I'm doing. And that didn't sound good, what I just said there. Um, how often do you hear a guy say, I'm losing track of all the different fruits I'm doing? <laughs> I just said it. And I mean... On the Annoying Orange Show. Uh, but I'm having a ton of fun. It's uh, it's it's cool. I'm doing a whole bunch of different characters that I created. And um, what's, what's weird about it is with traditional voice work, you just go in and you talk into a microphone. But uh, on this show, they actually film part of me. They film my eyes and they film my mouth. And they superimpose it onto the different fruits that I'm doing. There I Said it again. <sighs> they superimpose my eyes and my mouth uh, onto the uh, various fruits that I'm voicing. How's that? Um, and so, uh, you know, if, if, you ever w if you're a fan of me and you just want to see my beautiful eyes and my voluptuous mouth, and, but you don't care for the rest of me, like you're just an eyes and lips guy, you got to watch me on Annoying Orange because that's where I do those voices. And uh, so check it out. Let me know if you like the show. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's kooky. It's crazy. 
and I'm having a blast. So Annoying Orange and Cartoon Network, I think it comes on after Adventure Time. Um, let me know what you think. 323-739-4330. And speaking of letting me know what you think, guess what time it is? It is time for the Harlan Highway Listener Mailbag. Here we go. Here we go. As you know, uh, folks, I have you uh, write in with your comments, your concerns, your criticisms, your life questions here at the Harland Highway. Uh, you can always write me at harlandwilliams.com. And uh, and here we go. Let's get to some of your, your letters. These are from uh, real, real, uh, li- you know, listeners, real uh, pavement pounders. And uh, let's do it. Let's get to the first letter. Here we go. This is from, uh, looks like JoJo says the podcast. Hey, Harlan, I just want to let you know how grateful I am for your podcast. They brighten my day. See, well, that makes me happy. When I am sad, your podcast makes me happy. When I am blue, the Harlan Highway turns me purple in brackets with laughter. See, that's why I do this show. Right there. When I am sad, your podcasts make me happy. They brighten my days. When I'm blue, I turn purple. Wait a minute. What is this guy? A plum? Is this guy, what is a? I got a Smurf listening to the show. When I am blue, so I, got, I got an avatar listening to my show. Um, he continues on. He says, I sometimes splice in parts of your show onto my own little radio thingy. I record once a week here in Winnipeg. So I guess this uh, JoJo has a uh, little radio or whatever, something he does. And he uh, puts little snippets of my show in there for comedy relief. And uh, and uh, Winnipeg is a cold city up in, uh, in Canada in the province of uh, Manitoba. Um, and then lastly, he says, I also sometimes cover myself in Vaseline and slide dance on hardwood surfaces. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. I hope you're not naked. Okay? Because uh, one word, splinter in the fishlinter. <laughs> Charles. Nelson, anyways, he continues, he says, thanks so much, Harlan, chicken chow mein brother, Jojo. Hey, Jojo, you are welcome. Uh, I'm glad uh, we put a smile on your face, and uh, there you go. Uh, So let's move on to our next letter. All right, who do we have? We have Brian Rosenbaum. 
Okay. Uh, quick little letter from Brian says, Subject, where are podcasts 1 through 42? And then his letter says, where are podcasts 1 through 42? So minimal effort put into that letter, but nonetheless, a good question. You know what? 1, one through 42 are available. I'm going to find them and kind of put them up as archives. Um, the reason they're not up there is because when we started the podcast, we were using one system, and then we realized there was a better system to deliver the podcast, so we switched over, and as a result, uh, the early, early shows, 1 through 42, got lost in the shuffle, uh, but they we do have them here, and what we'll do is we'll start to put those up as, uh, you know, archived, um, you know, whatever so there you go um let's go to the next letter all right here we go this is from come on open up oh there we go sven s-v-e-n sven sven oh i don't know right about now okay that's sven um i'm guessing maybe uh from you know the netherlands Maybe from Ikea? I don't know. But uh, Sven's subject is thoughts about life and hot dogs. And as common is, I was just thinking and wondering about the ants. Why do they collect, stack, and finally live in the pile of, sorry for the lack of linguistic knowledge, tree nettles? I guess he means like, you know, pine, pine needles or something. I don't know. Was there a singular ant that decided to start piling the pointy, prickly tree thingies? How smart are these insects? Are they made by God to do that? Not all ants live in those mounts. Some live in underground tunnels, and some live in big clay sand towers. They are not the same family of ants, but why don't they all do the same things? Is there some kind of knowledge? And if there is, what does it say about humans? Think about it. If humans were to be stripped of our brains and work on an instinctual base, would we become like the zombies in the movies and wander around the globe eating each other? Or do we start piling big mountains of junk and start living in them like good old ants? <laughs> what do you think? What would mankind do if our brains would stop thinking and become like insects? Would we roll around in cow dung, molest flowers, dig tunnels underground? Finally, sorry if my English caused you headaches, Jerry. Wow. Uh, okay, yeah, I do have a headache. Thanks for that. Too, too many questions, and uh, but they're important questions. Um, and I didn't see any reference to hot dogs in there. It said thoughts about life and hot dogs, and, and all it really was was about ants. But uh, I don't know. I don't know why they they collect tree nettles. And I don't know who the first ant was to, you know, start living in clay and sand towers and living underground. Maybe ants were above the ground for many centuries. And they're like, you know what, man? Too many of us have been uh, getting hit with melanoma, okay? This sun thing really isn't working out for us. I'll tell you what, gang. 
we're going underground. Oh, and also, in the event of a nuclear attack from North Korea or China, um, we're going to be safe because we live underground, okay? So, the upside to living uh, above ground, skin cancer, and mushroom clouds and nuclear fallout, um, and the upside to living underground, uh, constantly uh, cool temperatures, um, and, uh, you know, it's groovy and dark, and we can put up disco lights. I don't know. And do you think we'll become like insects? Yeah, I think we're already like insects. Okay? We already march around. If, if, if you're wondering if we're like ants, next time you're flying in from anywhere, or you're flying anywhere, just take a look down. Uh, in the big city you're flying over, and take a look at the highways, okay? And take note of all the cars. Some of them all going in one direction in lines, and all the other cars going in the other direction in lines, and then getting off their exit ramps. And uh, just imagine that those are ants, and that somebody's cut open an ant nest. And you'll see we're uh, very, very similar to ants. Okay, so there you go, Sven. And uh, your English wasn't bad. I hope my answer was okay. Um, but thought provoking, but we have to move on. And uh, I hope, Sven, you uh, go outside later and catch a grasshopper in your mandibles and eat it. All right, next letter. Here we go. Here is a letter from William Adams. Uh, subject, Romantic Letters. Oh, okay. Comment, Hi, Harland. Just have to say that the romantic letters read by Samuel E. Quauk are fucking hilarious. I am making some chicken fingers right now, killing myself laughing. Keep it up, man. It's a treat. From Bill. Well, how about that? Yeah, nothing. nothing's better than a good romantic letter. And I'll tell you what, why don't we play one later in the show? Because uh, I know he's coming in today, Samuel E. Quauk. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll lay down, uh, you know, some more romantic vibes from him. And, uh, yeah, nothing spells more romance more than uh, chicken fingers, man. Nothing like, uh, you know, lighting some candles and putting on some Kenny G and inviting a hottie over and deep frying some chicken fingers. Um, yeah. Uh, what's for dessert? Jello? All right, thanks for the uh, letter. Enjoy your chicken fingers. Watch out for ants. Let's get to another letter here quickly. All right, here is a letter from a lovely lady, Melanie Mulligan. Ooh, I like that name. I like names with the same letters at the beginning, like Willy Wonka, Melanie Mulligan. I wonder if Melanie Mulligan and Willy Wonka got married. What kind of kids they have. You know, they name their kids Slippery Sam and uh, Bobby Bingo, Corny Crackle Crunch. No, I don't know. Anyways, let's get to her letter. Hey, Harland, I heard your little rant about knitting, and I just wanted to let you know that I knit. 
My grandma taught me when I was little, and now that she's gone, it's something very special to me. Yes, maybe it's easier to buy something, but what's more special than something handmade with love? I would knit you something, but you obviously won't appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for all the laughs and making the workday a little more tolerable. Oh, boy. I feel some guilt, but I went on a little riff a few podcasts ago about knitting and how it was outdated and just took forever, and I wasn't really knocking the skill of it or the sentimental value. I I guess I just thought in this day and age of, like, computers and, you know, um, iPads and technology and everybody wanting everything so fast, the concept of knitting just seemed like so, uh, you know, are antiquated it just seemed like who the hell would do it you know and to me it's like it's like instead of buying a car you get a horse and a wagon but that being said yes i i get it that sometimes it's a tradition that's passed on and that it does take uh you know s- some skill and that there, there is a lot of love and tenderness put into knitting my aunt who is an avid knitter, has knitted me blankets and sweaters and things over the years. And you can almost feel the love uh, emanating from these these items because uh, you know that they sat there for hours and hours and hours and made this thing. And when you're making something and you have someone in mind, you're thinking about the person as you're knitting. So I get it. I, I hope I didn't uh, hurt your feelings too bad with my rant. Uh, I do appreciate it. And you know what? If you want to nip me something, you can nip me a scarf that says F.U. Harlan. Um, you knitting, bashing loser. How about that? Could you could you nip me that? No, don't. Don't do it. Um, I don't wear scarves. Um, but uh, good for you. And uh, I'm glad you like the show. You're one of those people that listens to it at work, which I think is great. Uh, I love knowing that people are at work toiling away and I'm in their ear being absurd and making them laugh. So, uh, Melody Mulligan, if I see Willy Wonka, I'll send him your way. And you guys can uh, knit yourself some little babies. All right, let's move on. Jamie. Jamie says, I love your podcast. Okay, thank you, Jamie. Uh, He says, hi, Harlan. Just wanted to tell you I absolutely love the Harlan Highway and think you are just a great person with a good heart. Well, thank you. I think you are hilarious, but I especially like when you riff serious stuff about life and how we should all treat each other. Well, cool. Also, Joe Rogan spoke very highly of you on his latest podcast. I'm 34, and I consider you like an older brother I never had. Peace, nice teats, Jamie. I don't know what peace, nice teats means, but (laughs) maybe he thinks I'm his older brother that has nice tits. Um... Well, thank you. Uh, You know, I'm glad you mentioned when I riff on the serious stuff because, you know, um, I like to mix it up a little here. I like to uh, go bizarre and kooky and just have fun. But uh, I also like to kind of uh, talk about uh, things that are serious in life and affect us. And I'm I'm glad you enjoy both sides, both dimensions of the show. And uh, thank you for listening. Jamie. Let's move on. Just a couple more here. 
All right, this is from Chris. Chris, and his subject is old buildings in L.A. I guess I uh, talked about uh, how L.A. was a little bit run down and uh, a lot of old buildings that kind of don't have much architectural value. And it uh, looks like somebody got a bug in their butt over this. Uh, Chris says, hey, Harlan, heard you talking about the old buildings in L.A. area. I've been down there several times, and I think the older buildings are, for the most part, pleasing to the eye and should be restored instead of just demolished. History is important. You as a Canadian, in capital letters, should know that. So shut up, idiot. <laughs> wow. Whoa, hello. Shut up, idiot. Um, obviously, obviously hit a chord with uh, Chris there, but <laughs> I think what uh, you, you might have missed, Chris, is I was talking about uh, when I said L.A., I'd say, you know, 10% of the architecture here is stunning. It's amazing. There's some incredible buildings, Art Deco buildings historical, uh, you know, entertainment industry buildings like the Man's Chinese Theater. Um, every city has its gems. But for the most part, and I live here, you said you've been here a couple of times, so I'm guessing you're a tourist and you probably went to, you know, some of the more popular spots. Maybe not. Maybe you were here on an architect tour. I don't know. But as a guy who's lived here for 20 years and driven all over L.A., and believe me, L.A. is not like your standard city. L.A. is massive, and it's spread out all over the place. Um, L.A. is bigger than some small countries. And 90% of the buildings in L.A., in my opinion, are gross little strip malls, shopping malls, plywood and plaster and uh it's it's not pretty look i don't know where else you've been i've been to cities all over the planet okay i've been all over the globe i've seen castles in in edinburgh scotland i've been to the taj mahal i've been to italy i've been to spain i've been to germany i've been to france i've been up the eiffel tower I've been to South America. I mean, I've, I've been to Australia. I've been everywhere, man. Okay? and So I'm not just saying this, you know, because i got a chip on my shoulder about L.A. There's, it's, it's not a beautiful city. And again, yes, there are some great buildings that should be restored, should be saved. Absolutely agree with you there. No doubt. But what I wish is that they'd rip the rest of the crap down, because I have to see it everywhere I go, and put up things that uh, have some architectural merit, have some some curb appeal, have have some uh, some depth, have some uh, beauty, have some originality. So there you go. I have to I have to fight my position. Anyone that calls me an idiot, obviously I, I have to push back. Um, so, <laughs> I love it right at the end. So, shut up, idiot. <laughs> if I did that, I'd have no podcast, okay? But uh, I, I appreciate your point of view. I appreciate your <laughs> your opposition to what I said. I hope I've clarified myself for you, 
Chris or Christopher. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I tried my best, and uh, I'm not. I'm not the type of guy that just likes to rip down historical buildings. Uh, but what I'm saying is, I hope that we build enough great buildings today, so that 80 years down the road, people look at them and go, "Oh my God, we got to keep that up. We've got to restore it. We've got to cherish it." As opposed to 80 years down the road, we offer future generations. 20,000 miles of strip malls and crappy-looking cardboard cutout houses and blah, blah, blah. So there you go. Uh, Let's get to one more letter here, and then we got to close up the listener mailbag. Here we go. All right, here we go. Let's see. This is from Kyle, and uh, the topic is Sports Fishing BC. It says, hey, Harlan, wanted to know if there was any way to buy... Or get the episode of Sports Fishing BC with you and Henry Winkler. I've been searching all over the internet for days and can't find it anywhere. I thought it was awesome and need to find a copy. Well, hey, guess what, buddy? You're in luck, uh, Kyle. I did a uh, fishing show with Henry Winkler, the Fawns. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And... uh, you can now view the episodes. Uh, it's been cut up into four uh, little short episodes, and you can view them on my new YouTube page, uh, which is uh, YouTube backslash Harlan Williams. Go on to YouTube, find my page, and uh, you can watch the Harland and Henry Fishing Hour, which is only 30 minutes long, oddly enough. But we had a lot of fun. Henry Winkler, the Fonz, and I went out fishing up in British Columbia for great big giant salmon. And we actually pull up a few. It's a, it's a great little uh, funny show. Check it out at the uh, Harlan Williams YouTube page. Subscribe while you're there and uh, keep abreast of all my latest uh, videos. So that's it. Let's close it up. That's it. Thank you for your letters. Uh, keep them coming. I love to hear what's on your mind. I love your insults, your comments, your praise, your questions, whatever you got. It's all fair game uh, here at the Harland Highway. Thank you, Pavement Pounders. And uh, until next time, let's close up the listener mailbag. Another letter from our listeners. Well, uh, incredible, incredible letters from uh, listeners like you. Thank you so much, everybody, for writing in. I love hearing the feedback. Uh, The Pavement Pounders have spoken. And obviously, we don't get to all the letters, but, uh, you know, we pick out uh, a few of them here and there. And, uh, you know, please write in, and uh, maybe you'll hear your letter read in the Harland Highway listener mailbag. And why don't we close up the show, as promised, on an up note. Uh, What's more upbeat than romance? Um, And one of our our, uh, letter writers who uh, was addicted to chicken fingers uh, mentioned how much he enjoyed the romantic letters of Samuel E. Quauk, who's a regular uh, guest on the show and uh, just... A wonderful, uh, flowery, uh, poetic type of guy who uh, just, you know, 
proves the notion that romance is not dead. Uh, so let's get him in here. Uh, Samuel, come on in. Uh, let's, uh, yeah, just take a seat right there. Thank you very much. Uh, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm here to read a romantic letter. Yes, I, I know. That's why we have you here. Could we get on with it, please? Oh, well, I was just building you up. I don't need any accolades. Please get on with it, shall we? Well, I was just trying to tell the crowd that you uh, had this kind of way with words and this flowing kind of romance. I would rather let my letters speak for themselves. Thank you very much. I'm Samuel E. Quauk. Yes, we know. Well, may I proceed? Well, yes, go ahead. Wow, a little bit of an attitude. Do you mind? Go ahead. Thank you very much. All right, what are you doing? I'm opening my letter. Okay, well, it seems to be taking a while. What, do you, what is that, on, on a scroll? Do you mind with your horrible attempts at comedy? Wow! Okay, hurry up. Hurry, read the damn letter! Thank you very much. <clears throat> Dear Darlene, I'll never forget the warm summer night when a collection of us gathered in the farmer's field and we stood under a star-lit canopy and lit a wonderful bonfire. We all stood around, cherishing each other's company, telling old wives' tales and stories of flight and fancy. And as the night drew on, we slowly snuggled up to each other, a cup of warm cocoa in our hands. The magnetism between the two of us was palpable, and I couldn't stop staring in your eyes, your warm, gentle face framed in the flicker from the fire, your beautiful blonde flowing hair coming down the sides of your cheeks, your soft skin almost glowing in the darkness. And as we sat there and were mesmerized by each other, a single spark crackled out of the fire and drifted through the night sky and somehow precariously landed in your hair. It wasn't long till your hair lit up in flames, your whole head engulfed in a series of giant orange leaping flames, the smell and the rotten stench of burning hair permeating the night, people gasping for breath, covering their mouths. You screeched like a cat being run over by a truck. Excuse me! Do you mind? What are you doing? I'm reading a romantic letter. You're sitting at a campfire. That's what I said. And a spark flies out of the fire and lights her hair up? Do you mind, please? I'm in the middle of my letter. Dude, it's the smell of burnt hair. Do you mind? Oh, God, keep going. Get it over with. Thank you very much. You screeched like a cat with a harpoon up its spine. You stood. You couldn't see. You flailed around in the dark. You looked like a burning scarecrow 
twirling in circles, running around in the farmer's field. Everyone stood up in shock, no one knowing what to do. Maybe out of fear, maybe out of instinct, all of us started to pick up rocks and throw them at you. We could hear them thumping heavily against your body, through your screams of agony as you ran through the night like an Olympic torch, lighting up the sky, now your whole body in flame. Do you much? Stop it! I, you almost did my line. What line? Do you mind? I did do it. Well, please don't. Okay! Would you knock? Well, this isn't romantic anymore. I'm afraid you have little knowledge of romance. Now, if you don't mind, what do you mean I have little knowledge? Look at you. All right, finish your letter and get out of here, Quauk. Thank you very much. I remember as we took you to the hospital and you laid in your hospital bed, nurses and doctors being quite attentive. Nursing your burns, your full body, fifth degree burns with soft lemon water and chamomile. I'll never forget how you stood up disoriented, your eyelids seared shut, your nostril holes as wide as silver dollars because your nose had been burnt off your face. No more fingers on your hands, just burnt nubs, and you walked out in the hall. Wondering where you were, what happened. People screamed and cried and ran in fear that they had just laid witness to some kind of cinematic monster. They grabbed you and pushed you down the stairs. They pulled what was left of your hair, maybe four or five strands, and jammed your head in the elevator door, slamming it repeatedly over and over, trying to kill the beast that lurked within. All right! Do you mind, please? Cut it out, guy! What is your... No, don't even try! Excuse me. You know, pe- pe- being burnt is a serious thing. People are in, in burn wards, and you're talking about a woman with the numb fingers and three pieces of hair left, and they're, they're, they think she's a Frankenstein monster, and they... To grab her and put her in a just put her head in the elevator door and slam it back and forth as if she's not in enough pain. Yes, exactly. Do you mind if I finish? You're done. There's still a little more. No, get out. You are done. This is disgusting. Vile. This is anything but romantic. Sickoid. I'll never forget as they picked her up from the elevator, ran her down the length of the hall, much similar to the way the lion from Wizard of Oz ran down the glass hall. Seven or eight orderlies grabbing her by her elbow and tossing her through the 15th-story window. She careened through the air and crashed in a crooked lump down on the lawn. Stop it! Everyone gathered around, They thought she was a piece of modern art standing crippled and tortured on the front lawn of the hospital. She won a major award. Get out of here! I'm not finished. Get out! She won a major award. There, I'm finished. What do you mean she won a major award? They thought she was a piece of modern art. This twisted, burnt, demented woman that you apparently loved 
yes, did, before she became a charbroiled cheeseburger. Stop it! She won an award. They thought she was a piece of modern art, gnarled and twisted on the front lawn of the hospital. You are sick. Get out of here. Get the hell out of here right now. The crows flew down and picked her skin off like strips of bacon and hungrily gobbled it up. Get out! Her eyeballs like hard Christmas candies. Get out! Wow. I, I just need to take a breath here for a second. What a, what a creep. Unbelievable creep. I mean, who comes up with that stuff? Roger, why do, I don't know if we can have that guy anymore. Just like really, really creepy crap. Her skin bubbled up like wrinkled testicle meat. And just, Get out! Roger! Get him out of the building! Her burnt testicle skin meat. Ah. All right, let's let's get out of that. Sorry we had to end the show on that. Actually, I blame one of my my writers. One of the guys wrote wanted that guy, and I kind of forgot how twisted that guy is. <sighs> Anyways, uh that's it. That's the show. Um Hope you had a groovy time. Uh, keep your letters coming, harlowwilliams.com, or you can uh, call me and leave a message at 323-739-4330. Don't forget to check out the uh, the new YouTube channel. Um, it's uh, it's a, a beautiful thing. It's uh, YouTube backslash Harlan Williams. Check out the uh, Henry Winkler, the Fawns, and me fishing together. Uh, don't forget our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com backsplash official Harlan Williams. Uh, you can join me at Twitter at Harlan Williams. Uh, don't forget harlanwilliams.com. God, there's just too much stuff. Check out our store at the website, harlanwilliams.com. And if you want to see me live in action, here's the good stuff. If you want to see me doing some stand-up, I'm going to be in Cleveland, Ohio at uh, Hilarities Comedy Club right downtown in Cleveland, the Pickwick and Frolic Theater. Hilarities. Um, Make sure you get your tickets in advance because we always kick ass at that club. So uh, it's going to be a great time. And uh, and that's it, man. That's all the time we have for today. Hope you enjoyed yourself, and uh, thanks for listening. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Barbecued or broiled. Get out!